Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! DJ Nation, welcome back in. We are on to week six. Happy to have a special guest. Had to go to the bullpen this week. Old Maddie, uh, feeling a little under the weather, which it was supposed to be a three-man, but now we're down to two-man. Debro back with us. He was on the, you know, he's been on the IL uh, for a couple of Ooh. weeks with uh, with the vid. The vid got him, but he is back with us after joining us week one. Debro, how you doing? What's up, buddy? Uh, good to be back. Sad that Maddie is uh, under the weather, not feeling so hot. Uh, I was hoping he was going to be on here. Just, I don't know, just so I could shit talking like I usually do. But good to be back, man. I'm glad I'm feeling better and I uh, got enough of a voice right now to sit here and, uh, well, just give you the give you the business. That's all I see. So uh, just swing it out of the way. You're an idiot. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> I would expect nothing less. <laughs> it was actually funny on our uh, live stream, or our, our Wednesday live stream that we do. Yeah, yesterday we were. I was talking about we were kind of promoting the show a little bit. And I said you were going to be on, and uh, I was like, "That's fine. He's an idiot, anyways." And Robbie was like, oh, "I'm going to tell him you said that." I'm like, I'll, "I tell him I say that." What I are know. You talking about? It is. That's not news to me. Like Jobby, like I already know. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Hold no punches around here. So <sighs> shouldn't. <laughs> anyways, let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, as always, we go position by position. This week's slate is a. Uh, a pretty interesting one. Uh, you have the up top. You're, you're going to have the Chiefs game, the Chiefs Bills. That is going to be the chalk of the week where everybody's going to want to play. Mm-hmm. Has the highest over-under at 54. Has the highest implied point total with the Bills at 20. And it's actually surprising. This game is on the road, and they are favored by two and a half. That is an interesting uh, thing to me. But regardless of that, then you have, I think, one of the more undervalued games, or one game that I really like is the Cardinals and Seahawks game that has been bet up. Mm-hmm. Opened at 47. It's all the way up to 50 and a half now um and then from there you know i think there's some other interesting spots we can go to so let's go ahead and kick things off at the quarterback position josh allen right at the top at 8200 lamar jackson 8100 patrick mahomes at 8k kyler murray 7k joe burrow 6700 then tom brady matt stafford aaron Rodgers, and kirk cousins make up the 6k range uh this week so d bro give us the good stuff who you who are you looking at a quarterback this week um, I, I, of course I really, I mean, you know, Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes, they're in play. Um, if I pick up one of those guys, it's gonna be Josh Allen over Mahomes for me. Um, we all know that that's not illuminating or, you know, breaking any kind of ground for anybody. Um, the other quarterbacks that I really love on this slate though, um, looking at, uh, honestly, it's kind of a tight pool here, Kev. Like there's a lot of quarterbacks I'm just crossing off. Like, Rashad Bateman's not probably going to play. Um, I'm probably crossing off uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, T. Higgins is out. I'm crossing off Burrow. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are like that. So, uh, for me, it's going to be really tight. I mean, I like Allen. 
Um, the game that sticks out to me is the same one that you love. I love the Arizona and Seattle game. So I am probably going to have a ton of exposure and stack them in different ways with Kyler Murray and Geno Smith. I just, I think that it's really hard to craft a, a path where that game does not shoot out. Both of those defenses have struggled. They're both bad versus running backs, passing. I mean, you name it, and they suck versus it. So I'm going to have a ton of Geno, a ton of Kyler. If I got to pick one, and looking at projected ownership right now, um, I like Kyler um, a lot. Like, he has played pretty terrible so far, and it doesn't really matter. He's running more. He scored 20 or more DK points, and while he's been playing bad, to me, this sets up as, like, a game where... A lot of people are probably more likely to save a little bit of money um, and go down on DK especially and play Gino. Like, he's coming in like 10 to 15%. Kyler is about, I mean, he's, the projections I'm looking at, he's looking at 5 to 7%. And maybe in some other tournaments, maybe you get him lower than that as, you know, roster ships moves throughout the week. So, honestly, Kyler stands out to me. Uh, but again, that's my favorite game of the week, the Arizona and Seattle game. Um, I'll have some Josh Allen. But other quarterbacks on this slate that stick out, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins made the list for me um, because I think Minnesota's not going to be able to run the ball really well. Dalvin Cook has struggled in tough matchups, and the Dolphins have been a tough matchup for running backs. So I think if the Vikings want to move the ball, I think it's going to have to be through the air. So Kirk Cousins makes a ton of sense. And Aaron Rodgers, man, we talked about it before we turned the cameras on, really, really love Rodgers. We have not seen a blow-up game, but... His wide receivers are playing better, and we'll get to those. I think there's some really easy ways you could be different. You can get weird with that game. But that's really the quarterback pool, man. It's it's really tight for me. I've got about five quarterbacks on my list this week with uh, Aaron Rodgers, Cousins, uh, Murray, Geno, and Allen. You want to go Mahomes? I did have some interest in Tom Brady at the beginning of the week, but I'm moving off of that game. We'll get to it when we get to wide receivers, but... I think people don't understand that Chris Godwin did not even run full complement of routes. He basically, I think he ran like 50 or 60% of the dropbacks last week. So if he's not fully healthy, I mean, Brady can get there, but it's just going to kind of depend, man. Um, I'm trying to see where Brady's at. Yeah, I mean, Brady's like 5 to 7%. He's kind of in the same bucket as Kyler, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, so... If he creeps down, maybe he's like sub five, like two, three percent. Like closer we get to Sunday, maybe I'll have some more interest in him. But where do you sit, Kev? Yeah, I'm pretty similar to what you what you have. I think that you know, obviously the this Chiefs game, uh, figuring out a way to get a little bit different in your stack. Whether you want to go Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, I think it's fine. I think there's ways to do that, especially on the Kansas City side of the ball, because I think the the exposure is going to be spread out. Like this is a little bit different now, obviously with. You know, obviously Tyree Kill's gone, but Travis Kelsey's still going to carry a lot of ownership. But past him, I think this is where you can get different because this team really spreads the ball around a lot. Juju, uh, MBS, you know, MBS had his first real kind of big game last week. Should have had over 100 yards. He dropped one. Um, but, you know, him, I think Sky yeah, Moore. Sounds like, is, sounds like MBS. He dropped a pass. It's kind of pretty much his exactly, thing. Exactly. Uh, par for the course is what he does. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think Sky Moore is going to continue to get more involved in this offense oh, as well. Please. So, yeah. <sighs> Please, but I, I think I think that is certainly uh, you know a, a direction um, if you want to get a little bit different with Patrick Mahomes. But uh, you know I you know I but I agree. I mean Kyler Murray is, is somebody that I gravitate a lot towards. Like Geno Smith scares me because like eventually the bottom's going to fall out here. Like he yeah. can't run this hot all year, right? Yeah. Like to to say that you know that if anybody would have thought that he was going to be 
a top six scoring quarterback on the season through now we uh, five weeks of the season. I don't think anybody would have believed you, but uh, he has played really well so far to start the year. Uh, one thing that I do like with uh, the Cardinals side of the football is I, I think there's you know a couple different directions we could go here. It doesn't sound like that either that uh, John uh, James Conner is going to play. I think he's already been ruled out. And so that would open the door, I think, for Eno Benjamin a little bit here. But Kyler Murray on the season, while he hasn't been great, he is still fifth in DK points per game on the season among quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So he has still been getting it done. I know he hasn't been the greatest. Their their offense hasn't been the greatest. But he's still top 12 in deep ball attempts. He's also uh, first in team pass plays per game and their second in pace of play. So uh, I do think this game has a ton of shootout potential. And that's really this game or really the Seahawks games have been the ones that you kind of needed to play uh, over the last two or three weeks. I mean, the the nuclear game between them and the Lions. And then last week, even, you know, had had quite a bit of a, you know, shootout. Obviously, it was a little bit different because Taysom Hill just went absolutely uh, wild in that game. But for the most part, this has been where you wanted to stack, right? And so I do think there's a lot of different directions you want to go. You want to go to, you know, in your stack. Hollywood Brown is, is, is certainly in play absolutely love him this week you know in the stack i also think zach Ertz is in play and then on the other side of the ball uh, i think that you know with tyler lockett dk metcalf and you know one thing that i'll say that's been a little surprising has been that uh you know with russell wilson when russell wilson was there with seattle it was always like one or the other and right now we're seeing geno smith be able to support both of them uh tyler lockett and dk metcalf for the most part so far this year so i definitely think both of them are in play but I don't understand Tyler Lockett's price. I know we'll get over to wide receivers, but I don't know why he hasn't come up in, 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 his, in, his, in terms of his price because he feels like he should be more expensive than what he is. But mm-hmm. as far as the rest of the quarterbacks go, you know, like you said, like Tom Brady has, uh, you know, has some appeal. Like there's a party that wants to play Matt Stafford. This offense has to wake up at some point, right? Like if they, they can't be this bad for so long. And then you have the Panthers on the other side of the ball who aren't going to have Baker Mayfield, which who knows if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they just fired their head coach. They also fired their defensive coordinator. And so there's a lot of you know things going on with that team. And this could be a bounce back spot for the, the Rams, but I just can't trust it. Like I'm not like maybe at a GPP 150 backs, you want to put some bullets in on Matt Stafford. You can do so, but why do that? If you really just could get up to Cooper cup and just get your exposure that through that, through him, because he's the only guy that's doing anything for that team whatsoever. So Past that, like, I don't like there's nothing else that really stands out to me. Like, J- Jimmy Garoppolo, if you want to play him against Atlanta, whatever. Um, I don't love it. I think there's gonna be a game they're gonna both teams really want to run the football, slow pace. There's not gonna be a lot there. Uh, so really, honestly, for me, you know, maybe maybe there's a you know a, a bit of a shootout between Cincinnati and New Orleans, two good offenses, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the pass catchers there. That could be a sneaky option, especially if Jameis Winston's able to play. Um, he was, he's been limited now for the past couple of days, but past that, like, that's really where I'm coming in at. I'm, I'm going to load up. The problem with the Cincinnati and new Orleans game is it sounds like all the wide receivers are, I mean, Chris Olave is, sounds like he's trending in the right direction. Michael Thomas hasn't practiced. Uh, who else am I playing? Jarvis Landry has not practiced. I, that game feels like it's probably going to let down. And like, if they can't get all their wide receivers, um, healthy, then I think that that game probably lets down. like, to me, and this has kind of like been the question, Kev, at least over the last few slates, is pegging the one game that shoots out. Because that's been the problem. Like, it's like 
if you don't hit the one game, like how many weeks have we had that, Kev? Like it was the Miami and the Ravens game last week, or it was the Detroit and Seattle game last week. Which game was it? Um, uh, Josh Allen. It's like the one game that shoots out and basically nobody else competes. It's like, if you got to put money on it, which game are you leaning is like, that's going to be the game for me. It's Arizona and Seattle, but I, I think it's probably the low hanging fruit. If you're going to go off the page, which one could you see shooting out? Because to me, kind of stands out like I think that the Jets and Packers could be that sneaky shootout game. I want to really agree with you. It's just like believing that <laughs> that Zach Wilson. Oh, can, no, he uh, sucks. Like, I'm not worried about him. Like, I, right. Like, but, I, I mean, I, I could see on one side of it, but then does what? But at the same time, does are they really going to have to push then if, if they're able to get up to an early lead? And then do they just milk the clock with the running game, you know, and and kill that? Like, I actually think Minnesota and Miami could have been that had we had you know either of the starting two yeah. quarterbacks. I don't I don't trust uh, trust uh, Skylar Thompson to be able to do that. Uh, would have loved that game, but honestly, I think the low key one would be the Saints and the the Bengals. I mean, it's inside the dome, uh, you know, inside of uh, New Orleans Coors Field of football, if you will. And so, like, I actually mm-hmm. think that could be the game that ends up shooting out because this the the New Orleans secondary hasn't been as good uh, as what it's typically when- been. That's to terrible. your point, Lattim- Lattimore maybe misses this game. I think he missed practice today, so he's banged up. He misses it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that call. My only, que- I guess, my only pushback on it is like, can it get there if Thomas Landry and T Higgins all miss? Like, what? How would you be approaching it? Would you just like, I mean, are you banking on like Jameis Winston playing, playing that side of the ball, going that Kamara and Olave and? bringing it back with somebody or would you play the Joe Burrow side? I think I would go to the Joe Burrow side and go okay. with, you know, Jamar. I think Tyler, if T Higgins is out, Tyler Boyd is a uh, easy play for me. Uh, if T Higgins yeah. is out in this game. That. So I think you could do that, run it back with, with, with Chris Olave, big, you know, big time play that he, that he mm-hmm. can bring to the table. So I think there's a lot of different ways you can go, but I do think that game has a, uh, has a little bit of a, you know, sneaky shootout potential here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate that one. I mean, it, I think my call was probably going to be the Packers and Jets if we're going to go off. Um, I want to believe that maybe the Jacksonville and and Colts game could do that. Matt Ryan's just looks so bad. It's hard to really get there. Like, I, I had at least some ideas or, or thoughts about maybe uh, going the Trevor Lawrence direction, but I think I'm not, man. I think it's probably just going to be, be look at that game as probably some one-offs. What are your thoughts on that game? Uh, what game was it? the the Colts and Jaguars. Oh yeah, it just feels like a, a interdivision rivalry game where yeah. you know these teams try to keep it on the ground. They run up, uh, they run the ball. I I think Jonathan Taylor will play this week. I think yeah, that'll go like a long he's way. In the way. Yeah. yeah, and so if he plays, I I mean that's one the one of the biggest problems with this this Colts team is that they run a lot of stuff through play action, and when you can't mm-hmm. get the running game going, you really can't utilize that. You don't put that in your bag, and so. If they can get this running game going with Jonathan Taylor, I think it kind of changes things a little bit. But the Colts have just not played well against the, uh, the Jaguars for a long while. I mean, the Jaguars seem to have their number uh, for, for a while. But this game, I mean, the total has been bet down, opened at a 42. Yeah. It has dropped to a 42. Not to, you know, so I, I don't know. Like, I don't love it. I think there's some pieces that you could get there. I think like a uh, Zay Jones is a, a way you could, a, somebody that I like. Kind of off the radar play at wide receiver. I also mm-hmm. think that somebody like a 
Obviously, Christian Kirk is in play. Travis Etienne is a very interesting play. And then I think Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman are the other options that you'd want to look at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree with those points, man. I think I think the easy games that kind of stick out um, is Buffalo, Kansas City, or, or Seattle and Arizona, and then kind of getting different with one-offs um, for the rest of your, for your lineup and stuff like that, you know. So I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think, like, my quarterback pool is going to be really, really condensed, uh, like we kind of talked about. I mean, I think, like, the farthest uh, I'm probably going to get off the beaten path, like, outside of, like, Kyler, Allen, um, maybe some Geno uh, would be the Rodgers, Cousins, or Brady Avenue. Just kind of depends. I mean, um, the more and more I'm kind of thinking about it with Brady, the more I'm, I'm kind of considering it. Just because we'll kind of get to it, but um, a lot of his pieces are not coming in very popular. Like Mike Evans is not popular. Uh, I want to say, let me refresh this i want to say leonard yeah leonard fournette after being like mega ridiculous stupid mega chalk uh is looking like he's gonna settle in or at least as of right now uh 10 to 12 percent so um you're gonna give me like anytime i can get mike evans um whether i'm going the one-off route or where is he at he was way down here yeah, he's like five five to he he probably if the other games pick up steam, I could see Mike Evans being sub five percent. So that that does kind of give me a little bit of the spider sense tangles of uh, Tom Brady because they you want to talk about pace up teams, Kev like Tom Brady and the Bucks like they've like taken to the air again, man. Like they they threw a shit ton against the Falcons. They threw a ton against what was it, the Chiefs. Um, basically, just said screw it, we're not going to run the damn ball. You're good at defending the run. We're not going to do that shit. We're just going to throw. So that might, I'm talking myself into a little more, more Brady as we're kind of working through this slate, man. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's go ahead and jump over to the running backs so that we can get into okay. the wide receivers, the pass catchers here. Uh, let's, let's, so let's start things off here. We'll, we'll start at the eight, you know, up top at Christian McCaffrey. We'll, we'll get down to the six K range here. So you have Christian McCaffrey at 8,300, Nick Chubb at 8,200, Jonathan Taylor at 8K, Saquon Barkley, who I don't know why they don't, Put him up higher, but 7,700. Aaron Jones is 7,600. Dalvin Cook, 75. And then Leonard Fournette. And then into the 6K range, you have Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards-Elair, Jeff Wilson, James Robinson, James Conner, who, again, I, I don't expect to play, and then Ramondre Stevenson and Najee Harris. So one thing that sticks out to me is going to be what happens with – because, like, it started out with Dam- uh, Damian Harris was going to miss, you know, multiple weeks. And now all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. practiced all week in a limited fashion. Awesome, <laughs> freaking Patriots! It's the Patriots, man. Like, I know, like super, I like super frustrating because rolling us. It looked like he was going to be the absolute chalk uh, this week, and now uh, I don't know what's going to happen because if Damian yeah. Harris plays, and that you can pretty much throw everything out the window. But it's, in terms of up top, in terms of the running back position this week, it's not a lot, a lot that I love. I think Nick Chubb is definitely in play. You know, at home, he has been. Absolutely, he is. He has been very, very good, despite the fact that he's still not really being utilized as a pass catcher all that much. But he has scored at least twenty or more DK points every single week, but week one where he scored eighteen point mm-hmm. three. And then Jonathan Taylor seems really cheap at uh, you know AK. He can beat that price, but you know the rest of these guys, like I don't have a ton of interest in this this top tier of running back right now because there's a lot of running backs. Once you get down in the mid six Ks, even the five K range. You know, Brees Hall at 5,800, he's going to be he is going to be chalk. He's going to carry a lot of ownership because of what he's been able to do 
But 5,800 there. If Damian Harris misses, Ramadre Stevenson's 6K. Jeff Wilson's in a fantastic spot. With all the usage he sees at 6,200. I just don't see a lot of reason to pay up at running back this week. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, what I will say is dude, Ramondre is looking, I mean, projections right now, he's looking like 35 to 40%. Like, he looks like stupid, ridiculous mega chalk. And I'm not saying I'm not going to play him because Cleveland has been absolutely terrible. But I will say that if he stays this way, Damian Harris is out, uh, and he is this chalky, I can't put, you can't play Mondre on like, a Seattle-Arizona game, um, unless you're stacking it differently, or Kansas City-Buffalo, unless you're going to get different. You can't go with mega chalk pieces around Mondre. Like, if you want to play a 30 or 40% running back, that's fine. It's not to say that you can't do that. You're looking at the total ownership of your lineup. and But I got to get weird other places. So it really does kind of hurt my heart to see Mondre that popular. Um, but I'm not saying that I'm not going to have any of him. I really love Nick Chubb this week, Kev. Uh, I mean, like, he has basically been, like, locking in 20-plus touches. And as crazy as it sounds, lock in 100-plus rushing yards. Like, the guy's done it in every single freaking game. And the only game he didn't do it, he went for 87 and three scores. So, I mean, he's been ridiculous. And you can run on the Patriots. The Patriots' metrics are terrible versus the run. The only reason that people would just, like, do the easy box score stuff and say... Well, they don't give a lot, of, a lot of DK points or fantasy points. They haven't allowed a touchdown to running backs this season, not through the air or on the ground. So what does that lead me to as well? Like people also look at it and say, okay, well, they haven't allowed anybody. So they got to be stingy, right? Regression's got to hit it sometime. Like they, they can't go through the whole damn season, not allowing one touchdown. So I really like Nick Chubb. And the times that, that I really like want to gravitate to Nick Chubb, Kev, I mean, tell me this. When is the biggest times we want to play somebody like Derrick Henry? When Derrick Henry is like sub 5%. Nick Chubb is not going to be popular in the slate. Like he's projected right now for it looks like 5 to 10%. I don't think he's going to be that popular. It looks like the popular builds this week are like we're talking about. We love a lot of these running backs that are in that 5 to 6K range. If you want to throw Eno in there, who I freaking love Eno. I'm going to play a crap ton of Eno if James Conner is out. I am going to play a ton of Eno. But the way that you get different with Eno and some other chalk pieces is you play the running backs that are in good spots that people are not playing. And it looks like the like the popular builds right now, it looks like are to pay down at running back. Or if people are going up at running back, it's really consolidated. Like anything above, at least what I'm looking at for projections, Kev, Anybody above 7K, the only person that's catching steam right now is Saquon Barkley. Uh, dude, if that's going to be the case, I'm going to have a lot of Nick Chubb, and I'm going to have a lot of Aaron Jones. He is also in a really good spot, and last week, A.J. Dillon kind of got shelved. I mean, maybe some of that's game script, but the other side of it is Aaron Jones has been one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL this year. He grabbed more of the the all of the work last week. He'd been splitting uh, the early downs with A.J. Dillon pretty sizable. But last week, Aaron Jones got, I think it was like 60, 75, or 60 or 70% of the rushing attempts. He ran most of the routes. He got all of the red zone work. If we're looking at, and then that kind of goes back to the Aaron Rodgers narrative. 
you can play Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones together. You can do that. He's got a pass game role. doesn't matter. And if you're also playing that the Packers just smash them, then okay, let's go that direction. So right now, I mean, like, I'm not going to say I'm not getting into the five and six K range because I sure as hell am. But Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones stick out as two running backs that are going to be overlooked, and I think it's wrong. Um, the rest of my running back pool, again, like, I think there's ways you can kind of get different with it. And if you're running like a 20 max and stuff, there's some guys that stick out. But a lot of it is I, I do love Leonard Fournette this week. I love the Jeff Wilson call. I like him a lot. Uh, you can run on Atlanta. That's tried and true. You can always run on Atlanta. Uh, Brees Hall, I'm going to eat the chalk with that. And we have not talked about Kenneth Walker. He is in a fantastic spot. Kenneth Walker has been quietly, I mean, like, we loved Kenneth Walker. I want to say what it was at the pre-draft process. And and I, I was out there, like, Kenneth Walker is in the same stratosphere as Javante Williams for me, as far as the type of player, the type of talent, his tackle-breaking ability. I, I, I think that, look, if Geno and some of these pass catchers are going to come in really chalky, uh, then I think I'm just going to pivot and I'm going to play even more Kenneth Walker. And it's not to say that he's not popular um, or I'll just stack up, like play, I'll just full game stack it. Yeah. Kenneth Walker's coming in like 20% right now, which is not great, but um, depending on how the news kind of trends to Sunday, that's going to be a lot of my running back pool and not even talking. I like, I, it's going to be really hard, like to get away from, Eno Benjamin, man, like, he is in the most ridiculous, awesome smash spot ever. Like, did anybody not see what Alvin Kamara just did to this freaking defense? He rolled up almost 200 yards, 200 total yards. And the point that I want to make here, and when I was writing up the primer, it stuck out to me, Kev. Do you know how many missed tackles Alvin Kamara forced on his way to almost 200 total yards, man? Throw up and give me a number here. How many missed tackles did Kamara force? As I'm guessing it's I'm guessing it's stuff. low. Mm-hmm. It's low. So let's go with five. One. He forced one missed tackle. That's insane to me. The dude almost rolled up 200 total yards. He just got cucked at the goal line by Taysom Hill. But he almost broke the freaking slate with one missed tackle forced. And for everybody that like hates on Eno Benjamin, I'm not telling you to marry Eno Benjamin in freaking season long. But in this week, he is in a smash spot. He has been stupidly efficient, and he's sub five freaking K. Yeah, I'm gonna have a shit ton of Eno Benjamin, man. Yeah, I mean, he make he does make a lot of sense. And if you, if you kind of look at, I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, on the season, he is 16th in yards per route run. He is 10th in yards created per touch on the year. Uh, and so, I mean, this is a guy that's only played 33% of the snaps, but still. Uh, this is one of the best matchups you could possibly ask for, you know, this week against Seattle. I mean, Seattle on, on the defensive side of the ball have just been dreadful. Um, they're 31st in pass DVOA. They're 24th in rush DVOA. Uh, you can kind of do whatever you want against this defense. So I do I do think, you know, Benjamin makes a lot of sense. He's also the pass catching option that they would want to look to use. They don't really have anybody else. I mean, it looks like Daryl Williams that likely won't play either. So both him and James Conner are out. Like, it's really, really hard to get away well, from Well, and I, can, I can't see Keontae Ingram, like, eating into a ton of his work. Can you? I mean, I, no, I just not, don't no, see No, no, I can't. Especially, I mean, just talking about one game, no, I don't think they would. No, I, I, think I don't think go, they're going to do that. 
Right. And then, so I, th- I think some of the other uh, options, if you want to go there, you know, we talked about Jeff Wilson. I mean, this is a guy that has, mm-hmm. is handling 72% of the opportunities in this backfield. I think he can be more involved as pass country, but they're just not a team that's really opening up the offense yeah. very much. We say the same thing about George Kittle every week. Like, Hey, Kyle, I mean, you, you have this tight end that's a, <laughs> is a, an elite Kyle. playmaker that you uh, just forced to block every week. Idiot. Be cool. If you just let, you know, maybe let him get some more targets. That'd be awesome. But uh, Je- Jeff Wilson against Atlanta, you know, like I said, 72% of the opportunities in this backfield, you know, 14 red zone carries, four goal line carries on the year. And he's uh, four, actually 14th in yards per out run. I don't know why they don't even more as a pass catcher, but they haven't. But so Jeff Wilson is somebody that does make a ton of sense. And then I think Raheem Mostert as well, it looks like he's uh, on track to play. That's a good um, call. I, I forgot about him. That's a really damn good call, Kev. Yeah, so I mean, he's taking over this backfield right now. Um, he's handling about 60, 60% of the opportunities here in this backfield. Um, like I said, has really taken over as kind of the lead back. And then, you know, he's 19th in yards created, uh, yards after contact per attempt on the season. He's also 16th in routes run. So he's running routes. He's just not seeing a lot of targets. And then what do we know that rookie quarterbacks do? They check down, right? They, they try to just get the ball out of their hands as quickly as possible. So I think you could actually see more opportunities for – Jeff Wilson or Jeff Wilson, uh, Raheem Mostert out of the backfield uh, as a pass catcher this week. So I do like him, and I think he's only fifty seven hundred. I yeah. believe is where he comes in at, and in, in terms of his, he price, won't uh, be popular. There's too many other guys. Like if you're looking in that range, oh, Brees Hall right that, right above him. Like he's a great pivot. Now, if you're going to play a lot of chalk, um, I think Raheem Mostert is a is a fantastic pivot off of chalky players around him, like. You want to pivot off of Mondre in a chalkier lineup, go down to Mostert. You want to pivot off of Brees, go down to Mostert. The other guy, um, and we're talking about pivot points here, Kev. Um, Kenneth Walker, I love. The other guy that sticks out to me a ton, man. And this, it's how I think that this game could set up. We've had a few weeks of him being active. We've even seen a double touchdown game out of him. J.K. Dobbins, I really like as a pivot point. Like, Rashad Bateman is not going to probably play in this game. Okay, what does that mean? Adoree Jackson has been shadowing. He's been following. They've been playing man coverage. Okay, so he's going to take away Duvernay, who's running 70, 71% of his routes on the outside. That's easy. They can erase him. What does that mean? The Giants have been bad versus running backs, Kev. This could be the game where J.K. Dobbins gets like 15, 17 touches, you know, goes for 120 and two scores. Nobody plays him, and he is sub 5%. And again, he is a fantastic pivot point. If you want to sit here and just pivot, one, to just drop the ownership, two, to get away from the chalk and be different if you're going to play other chalkier pass catchers. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I definitely don't mind that. It, it does worry me a little bit, obviously, because you always have to worry about Lamar Jackson and the other, pa- the other yeah. options there. But, you know, Another option that you could go with that I know you're I I I kind of like Cam Akers this week at fifty three hundred dollars. Oh, talk me into it, man, because I so I played uh, and and I'll say this: Cam Akers was in a fantastic spot last week because the Cowboys have been terrible versus running backs, and I was like, all right, let's go. Cam Akers is a good pivot option. I played him in some DFS lineups to 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 bring it down and. He shit the bed, man. Like, talk talk me into this. I'm not saying I hate it, um, but I just, I got to have a reason to have faith, man. 
So it, while his snap share necessarily hasn't been there, but a lot of that's been game script dependent. Like last week, you know, they, they mm-hmm. fell behind. So um, he's not really running a lot of routes or anything like that, but he's still getting a decent amount of carries. I mean, he's had 10 plus carries in three of the last four games that he's played. And I feel like this is, a, like I said, I think this is a game that they could get out, they could build a lead, and they could lean on Cam Akers here on this in this game. That, that really hasn't been Daryl Henderson. He's still handling 53% of the opportunities in this backfield. He's only 5,300. And, you know, we just saw last week, you know, San Francisco carve that defense up. They're okay against the run. I think they're 17th in rush DVOA on the year. Uh, Carolina is, and like we just talked about, they're missing. I mean, their head coach is gone. Their defensive coordinator is gone. Who would, really, the defensive the defensive side of the ball really hasn't even been the problem uh, for that team. It's been more so of the offense and then just Matt Rule overall just being a complete idiot as a head coach. But um, I still just think this is a game that they can actually control, be ahead. I think they can see quite a bit of opportunities here. And he can get, you know, like I said, maybe 15 to 18 touches here and, and a matchup that I, that I think is actually pretty good. They're at home. And so – Cam Akers, 5,300, nobody's going to play him. He's probably going to be like 1% owned, if even that. And I just think he is a nice little bit of leverage off this 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 range here in the 5K range because, like, so here's Brees Hall. Absolutely love Brees Hall, right? I love him as a player. Yep. But if they fall behind here in this game, I don't think they're going to lean on the run. And the thing with Zach Wilson is we haven't really seen him commit – to checking it down and just getting it to the running backs, you know, through the yeah. air like that. So if they don't and they fall behind, it's going to limit what Brees Hall is able to do. And don't get me wrong, uh, the Packers haven't been great against the run this year. They are 30th in rush DVOA. Mm-hmm. But if they if they fall behind two or three scores here early in this game, you could see Brees Hall get a little bit game scripted out of this game. And so that was what would concern me with Brees Hall. Not to mention the fact his ownership is going to be very, very high at 5,800. Mm-hmm. So if you're we're looking for a direct pivot or leverage off of Reese Hall, I think it's Raheem Mostert, and I think it's somebody like you know oh, Kenneth Walker's going to carry a lot of ownership. But in you know looking at a guy like I said, like Cam Akers, who nobody's going to play him, everybody's going to be, be completely avoiding him. So I, I think that's where I would look to go. And then other other than that, I think Travis Etienne also makes a little bit of sense uh, as well. I like that call. Yeah. He he only played. He actually last week was the first week that he actually outsnapped uh, James Robinson. Played fifty three percent of the snaps to forty percent to James Robinson. And so I do think Travis Etienne. And again, we're not worried about if they fall behind because we know that they will utilize him as a pass catcher. He saw I think five targets, only two last week to James Robinson. So he's only five K. He's eventually mm-hmm. going to have one of these blow up spots. And I think this this also could be a spot where he's able to do that at five K. So. Those are all kind of the, the, the in that range of running backs. Those are all the guys that I'm looking at. I, I like I like the the ETN call. Um, and I, I, look, I I've been and not to not to sit here and, and crap on your king. Like I, I know you love James Robinson, man. And I'm not I'm not trying to shade the dude, but his metrics look bad. Like his yards after contact per attempt have dropped in each of the last four weeks. Twitter does not want to hear that out of my damn mouth every time I mention it. But Travis Etienne has actually outsnapped him two weeks in a row, and his metrics have crept up every single week. His yards after contact per attempt for Travis Etienne have risen in each of the last four weeks, and his snap counts have risen each of the last four weeks. So the Colts are a pass funnel. They are. But what we saw last week is you can have some success with explosive runners. Like Mike Boone carved them up towards the end of that game. Melvin Gordon, who is total dust, 
he is terrible. His his efficiency metrics are horrible. So if we're talking about Melvin Gordon, didn't have a terrible day running on them. Mike Boone, of all freaking people, looked good versus them. Then, yeah, Travis Etienne could have himself a day. And, and again, nobody's going to play Travis Etienne. I think Travis Etienne is a good, um, is a, is a really, really good tournament play. I'm not going to play him on FanDuel, but on DK, um, I think he's a great tournament play. Where is Travis Etienne? Where is he at? Ah, sub 5%, baby. Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I just think there's some there's some pretty good leverage spots this week where, where yep. there's going to be Agreed. really consolidated chalk. Yeah, if the chalk fails, if you're hitting the pivot and you're leveraging the field, I mean, there's a lot of really good options in the 5K range. Before we head over to wide receivers, man, and I, and I think we've covered a, a crap ton of running backs here, I do need to hear because, I, again, I, I, this team has been terrible. Do not get me wrong with this, Kev. The team's been terrible. I kind of wonder, so switching to a defensive head coach, things like that, if the Rams are this bad, any interest in CMC? Because I I, I kind of feel like I want to sprinkle him into a few lineups, man. He's been he's been really good. He just hasn't he been has. and he hasn't he hasn't had like a two touchdown massive blow up game, but he's run for a hundred yards versus really, really good deal. I think like didn't he crest a hundred versus the Saints? He's had some weeks where he's gotten checkdowns. We just haven't seen all of it kind of coalesce and come to fruition. Like he gets like eight catches, runs for a hundred, gets two touchdowns. We haven't seen that type of game. But it feels like that's coming, man. Like, it feels like like he's been dancing around that. And it feels like, is this the spot where everybody hates the Panthers, they're total crap and all this kind of stuff. The Carolina Panthers defense is probably going to be chalk, or it is chalk. Like, I do kind of get some, some spider sense tingles about, like, ah, I need to get some exposure to CMC, man. Yeah, I mean the big the biggest problem is they're just not running they're just not running very many plays right now, and mm-hmm. I, I think uh, if I remember correctly, it was um, that if if you were I I, I it's, I'm blanking on the the stat it was and I can't remember what it was but regardless of that he's still seeing ninety percent of the opportunities here from yep. the backfield uh nine, which is just absolutely insane that he's still able that he's still getting this kind of usage. And before it was well, he wasn't seeing a lot of uh, a lot of targets. But the past two weeks, that has completely flipped. And now he's number one in the league in targets. He's number one in with twenty two percent target share. He's second in routes run. You know, and and he's still Christian McCaffrey, right? Fourteenth in yards per out run, nineteenth yards created per touch. There's a lots of like here. It's just but the problem is they just haven't run any plays. And so, which is really mm-hmm. limited to his upside. You put him on a, you know, you flip that. Even if they were middle of the pack right now in terms of of, of, of you know plays per game, you'd be probably talking well, about a player that's averaging 25, 26 uh, PPR points per game. What, what I'll push back about the now. You're not wrong. They, they they have not run a lot of plays per game. But I, to me, and and I was writing up their pace earlier in the week. That's because their offense has been total just dog shit. It's not because they're not trying to run at a fast pace. Like, if you look at neutral script pace, they're first in neutral script pace, Kev. Like, they're leading the league in neutral script pace. It's just the fact that, like, they suck. Like, they've sucked that bad. They're not extending drives. So, like, they're not running a lot of plays per game because they've been that god-awful. But, like, if we do get some, I mean, maybe a shade of efficiency out of this offense, which... 
Lord help. Like, P.J. Walker can't be any freaking worse than Baker Mayfield, Ben. I mean, come on. Like, he can't. Really? Can he? <sighs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. I don't, I'm not sure. I thought I saw Darnold when he touched down. Um, but no, I... <laughs> While Kev is sweating the last part of this, uh, oh, down at the one. That's so sad. That sucks. I don't know though. It looks like where did he catch it though? Because he's right on. He's right on the line. Yeah. Are they going to review it? They have to review it. It's inside of like what two minutes and near the goal line. Yeah, I think they're probably reviewing it now. Anyways, no, but I, 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 I mean, you can always play Christian, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and especially with this yeah. uh, absurd, uh, you know, opportunity share that he's saying. Like, and he's not a crazy, like his price is not crazy at all. No, like it's really not. for what we're used to Christian McCaffrey at 10 K, right? Like that's usually yep. Christian McCaffrey's price. You're getting him at 8,300, which is in a ridiculous savings in terms of what you're normally paying for him. It's cheaper and than so, Jonathan Taylor was at his height, man. Like JT, what, what did JT open the year? Like what? 8,900, 9K, some shit like that. Like, yeah. like I just feel, man, like I'm going to have to get some exposure to McCaffrey. Like. Um, and it's not even like I want to play Rams. Like we'll get to wide receivers and stuff like that. Like I don't think you have to play any Rams. Just play McCaffrey and and st- and correlate him with the Panthers' defense and move on. Yeah, uh, like I said, I I definitely don't mind it. Uh, I mean, there's there's a, there he could definitely break this slate. I mean, he's one of the guys on the slate that could score forty. I mean, we talked about it. Like the popular builds this week are pay down at running back. Although, like the chalk, the most of the chalky running backs. Uh, outside of Saquon, uh, like the, the tip top of this, like uh, CMC is probably going to be like, he's probably going to be in the five to 7% range. Nick Chubb is in that range. Jonathan Taylor's in that range. Aaron Jones is sub 5%. It's just like, everybody's either going up. If they are going up, they're going up to Saquon and they're avoiding all the other guys up here. And then they're paying down. It's like the, the popular build is to, grab a five to six K guy and grab Saquon and then move on from the running back position. But I'm like, if you play like a cheap stack or something like that, um, like Aaron Rodgers and his pass catchers are super freaking cheap. You can get, you can fit it in where you can pay or play two of these expensive guys and your build's going to be totally different. Yeah. I, I mean, there like is you a lot. Can go old school with this Kev. Like you can go like, like, Team jam them in with the the, the high price running backs, which nobody's going to do with all with the with the massive amount of, of running backs that are in the lower tier. Nobody's going to do it. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. <clears throat> all right. Well, let's jump over to wide receiver here, and uh, uh, so obviously Cooper Cup is number one, which you know is ninety seven hundred dollars. That you really have to want it to play him, but he's been worth it. Uh, yep. he's averaging 29 fantasy points per game compared to the next closest is Je- just Jefferson at 25 <laughs> fantasy points per game. Um, but he's 9,700. Just Jefferson's 8,900. Steph Diggs is 8,400. Jamar Chase is 7,700. Debo 7,600. Tyreek is 7,500. Hollywood 7,200. Mike Evans is 7k. Uh, then you have Pittman who is 6,900. DK Metcalf 6,800. Gabe Davis, 6,500. T. Higgins, who's very questionable at 6,300. Jalen Waddle at 6,200. Chris Godwin, 6,100. And then you have Alan Lazard wrapping up the 6K and above wide receivers. Uh, where, where, where are you coming in this week on these guys? 
so for wide receiver, there's a lot of really interesting wide receivers. Um, I'm going to have a lot of like one-off guys. Um, obviously, if you're going with the KC or Buffalo game, you're going to go with Diggs. Um, it, it's really interesting to me. Kev, like nobody wants to play freaking Gabriel Davis. Like at all. I don't understand this, man. Like Gabriel Davis, where is he at? Um, I'm looking to see where his price is. This seems wild to me. He's coming off that monster performance last week. Everybody still has racy bias for what happened in the in the playoffs where he scored the four touchdowns against the Chiefs in that game. Yeah, he's like five to seven percent, man. Like nobody wants to nobody I, I thought he was gonna be chalky, but he's not. I just like people just don't like Gabe Davis. They're not and the other thing is like now maybe that changes because the other like like T Higgins is pulling a little bit away from him. Chris Godwin is pulling some some away from him, so maybe he gets more popular. Or some of these other guys get ruled out. Um, but DK Metcalf is is pulling a lot of roster ship away from him. Like DK Metcalf is like almost twenty percent, which is kind of surprising me. So uh, maybe just DK Metcalf gets all the steam and Gabe Davis drops a little bit, man. So. Um, I mean, Diggs and, and Gabe are in play. Justin Jefferson's always in play. The guy that I think that I really want to have, and I think he's an elite one-off, is Jamar Chase. I think it's going to be smash time for Jamar Chase. Uh, he is absolutely uh, crush zone uh, coverage. You have the Saints defense who have really gone zone heavy this year. They've been about, I think, 60 62% zone. Uh, I talked about Marshawn Lattimore is banged up. Paulson Adebo has been a freaking turnstile, dude. He's given up like a perfect passer rating. He's been scorched earth ever since he came back. Uh, so I, I really love Jamar Chase. And while I'm not massive on Joe Burrow, I think you can get most of your exposure to Joe Burrow via Jamar Chase. So I'm going to have a crap ton of Jamar Chase. I'm going to have a lot of Mike Evans because, again, I talked about Chris Godwin is banged up. He ran routes, I think it was like 50 or 60% of the dropbacks last week, and I don't think a lot of people realize that because Chris Godwin is coming in popular. Mike Evans is not popular. He's looking at like 5%. Maybe he drops a little bit because I don't really understand it, man. Like, Mike Evans is never, ever, ever popular. Like, tell me, when have you ever seen Mike Evans be chalk, Kev? I've ne Now, Chris Godwin, he's all he'll get chalky. Leonard Fournette gets chalky. Like, Mike Evans is never chalky, ever. Like, I can't remember a freaking slate over the last, like, what, two years with Tom Brady that Mike Evans has ever freaking been popular. There's never been a slate where I've walked into it and said, man, I really want to play Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is super chalk. Now, Chris Godwin always gets there, but I'm going to have a lot of Mike Evans. Um, again, talked about we love the Seattle and Arizona game. Uh, so a lot of Tower Lockett. And the reason I like Lockett, you talked about Metcalf. My spiel on Lockett and why I'm willing to eat the chalk is that Seattle over the last two years has shown us they have extreme usage rates for these wide receivers. It's like if we play a man coverage heavy team, then it's DK Metcalf smashes. His, his The majority of DK's targets come against man coverage. We saw that against Detroit who is near the top of the league and running man coverage. Uh, but you are see the other side of the coin, Tyler Lockett smashes zone coverage. Okay, well, when does that happen? The Saints. Just talked about the Saints. Run a ton of zone. Tyler Lockett crushed them. I had a ton of him last week. I'm going to go back to it this week because Arizona, while they have historically been a man coverage team, their corners have been hurt throughout the season. They're only they're, Right now, they're basically running uh, zone coverage – 
they have uh, two guys that are playing uh, the majority of their snaps. Like Byron Murphy is playing outside if teams are in 12 personnel or two wide sets. So it's Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson. So you can easily tell who these guys are going to match up against. I think Tyler Lockett's going to get a lot of Byron Murphy. And when you take Byron Murphy out of the slot, Byron Murphy is terrible as an outside corner. So a lot, uh, I think Arizona's running uh, zone coverage. It's like 63 to 64% of their snaps. And Tyler Lockett has been elite. I think 67% of his, his targets have come against zone. He's top five in yards per route run. He's top five in PFF receiving grades against zone. I, I'm going to just eat the chalk with Tyler Lockett because I think he smashes. Uh, again, talked about the same game. Marquise is going to be awesome in that game. But we're talking about ways to save some salary, Kev. And I got to see, I thought he was going to be chalky, but he does not look, uh, well, he's more popular than I thought he was going to be, about 15%. Rondell Moore is a fantastic play at 4,200. Uh, Seattle's outside corners are playing really good, uh, which is crazy considering how much they've given up through the air. But if you look at the metrics, Tariq Woolen is playing good. Michael Jackson on the outside is playing good. Where they have been scorched is through the slot. Kobe Bryant has been playing like, well, a rookie. He's been terrible. So uh, I'm going to have a lot of Rondell, again, being different in how you stack that game. Um, I have a lot of Rondell, a lot of Eno, um, double stacking Kyler, hell, triple stacking Kyler, and just playing that he goes nuclear. Um, some other uh, wide receivers that it stuck out to me when I was working my way through the slate. Jacoby Myers is never going to be popular, and for the usage that he's getting, Kev, he should be. His usage this year has been elite. His efficiency metrics have been elite. Jacoby Myers is a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy points per game right now. And outside of looking at the numbers, how many people, like you can count on one hand, how many people could tell you that Jacoby Myers is a wide receiver one right now in fantasy points per game, but he is. Uh, I want to say he's wide receiver eight. Uh, the last time I looked at it, and he's getting almost a 30% target share. He's gone above 90 receiving yards in two of his three games that he's played. Uh, and again, we're talking about leverage off of a monstrous, stupid, ridiculous, chalky Mondre Stevenson. Uh, Jacoby Myers is a fantastic leverage play. And really for the, for the volume and the usage that he's gotten, he is way too cheap. I think it's just because it's a Patriots wide receiver, but, um, outside of him, Christian Kirk going to have a good bit of him because Kenny Moore sucks. And the one player that I want to bring up here, and I'm talking about Mike Evans, um, if I'm going to play Tom Brady, the, the the guy that I'm going to run it back, and I'm going to run it back with those stacks, I got to see where his uh, I got to see where his roster percentage is. Um, where are you at, my beautiful son? Where are you at? Oh my lord, George Pickens is looking like he's going to be three percent right now, sub five percent. And for the usage he's gotten, Kev, that is insane to me because George Pickens has been a top 24 wide receiver in each of the last two games. Uh, if you go all the way back to, I think it's week two or week three, and look at his metrics ever since he started actually getting used, he's top 12 in yards per route run. He's top 20 in PFF receiving grades. Uh, and yes, the Buccaneers have been good in the secondary, but it's only one side of their, well, actually two of their three corners. Antoine Winfield has been really good in the slot. Jamel Dean has been really good on one side. Carlton Davis has been bad. 
Uh, like last time I looked at it, over 60% catch rate. I think his passer rating allowed is above, like I think it's in the one teens. So I think George Pickens can be a really, really good play here. Nobody's going to play him because they're going to see Tampa Bay on the docket. But considering his price, I think that for the volume that he's seeing, and we think that, you know, Kenny Pickett's going to throw the freaking ball because he's been throwing the ball. Uh, I really love the mini stack of Mike Evans and George Pickens one to work that into chalkier builds, but I just think it's an elite mini stack and I don't think many people are going to play it. Yeah. I think for me, well, one, um, absolutely 1000% agree on Jacoby Myers. Um, I have been the Jacoby Myers stand around here for the last two years and he's uh, so damn good. Kev like, he is, And so right now he is, he's awesome. Uh, he's averaging 17.6, uh, PPR points per game. And then he's also second in yards per out run. Um, he's also <laughs> and PFF. nobody's gonna play him. Yeah, nobody. He, he has a thirty-one percent target share in their <laughs> offense, and <laughs> he is also uh, PFF's number five or fifth highest graded wide receiver so far on the year as well. He's fifty-three hundred, Kev, and he's looking like he's gonna be two percent. <laughs> I'm gonna have a lot of Jacoby Myers, baby. 100%. I mean, th- this kind of usage is what you should be following. I mean, wh- yeah. I don't care whether it's DFS, whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, obviously season long, whatever. Like, this is what we're following. Follow the targets. And he is seeing a lot of them. And yeah. even when they were up heavy last week, they didn't take the foot off the gas, really. And they continued to throw the ball. And he continued to, he scored a touchdown late in that game as well. Uh, 111 yards and a score last week for him. And he's only $5,300 for a player that has, you know, really 10, 11 plus target upside in this offense because there's nobody yeah. else. I throw the ball to, yeah, I am 100% on board with Jacoby Myers' call. I, I I was hoping you weren't going to bring him up because I wanted to talk about him, but uh, we both love him. So, uh, hey, man, he's he's an elite freaking play, dude. Like, nobody's going to play him. Um, there's other guys that are in his price range. Like, he's not that far away. Like, he's 5,300, but, like, you're looking at – Tyler I mean, Lockett he, is three hundred dollars more than he is. Dude, he's a beautiful like. I, I I'm staring at Christian Kirk is uh, ten to fifteen percent. Tyler Lockett is going to be mega chalk. Chris Olave is going to be a ten for ten to fifteen percent. Drake freaking and I, I I can understand some of the Drake London. Drake London is looking like he's going to be around fifteen percent. Like you you want to know what your pivot point is in the five k wide receivers? It's freaking Jacoby Myers, man. And he's leverage off of, of Mondre. Yeah, I love Jacoby Myers this week. You know, uh, I, I'm 100% on board with that uh, that call as, as well. So, um, if I'm paying up for a wide receiver this week, you know, outside of this, the obvious, the Cooper Cups, the you know Justin Jeffersons or Stephon Diggs in a game stack, like uh, you know Marquise Brown, obviously, uh, you you can't not mention him. Uh, you know, until uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back next week, like he has mm-hmm. seen 10 plus targets. Um, in every game this year, except for week one, where we only saw six, where the last four weeks, it's been 11, 17, 11, and 10 targets. And now you get Tough a great matchup. Tough matchups matchup. too, man. Tough yeah, matchups. So, yes. And so now this week they get Seattle. We've talked about how bad their pass defense is. So yep. I love the call as well with Rondell Moore. Uh, I think where he's going to eventually settle in is he's probably going to end up being um, very much what Christian Kirk did in this offense, slide into the slot, You'll have DeAndre Hopkins on the outside with Hollywood Brown on the other side. And then you'll have, uh, you know, Rondell Moore in the middle. 
So I actually like that call too, even this week. I think Rondell Moore uh, does make a lot of sense. It's sad that his um, his A dot is still it's like a four, which is just incredibly uh, frustrating for somebody with his his ability. But uh, he is going to be still kind of utilized the same way. He's got to see a lot of those underneath targets, which is fine because at his price, if he can rack up and get you six or seven receptions, you know we we are happy with that. And if you, he'll probably get you 40, 50 yards. That'll what that that plays his, his stat line. His stat line last week looks so much like freaking Greg Dorch. And when we were playing Greg Dorch, so why are we not going to play Rondell Moore? And I think Rondell Moore, just from a talent perspective, is more talented than Greg Dorch. And no, no slight to that man, but I mean, shit, dude. Like we can see Rondell Moore can get like eight grabs, go for one twenty, and, and a score, and he's one of the best values in the freaking slate. Yeah, and he's only forty two hundred dollars. So I mean, it's insane. Like, why did they not price him up some? Yeah, uh, he he. It's crazy. He's definitely a very solid play. Um, in terms of in terms of the Chiefs wide receivers that I want to play uh, this week, um, I don't really have like a like a clear cut favorite just because they switch it up almost uh, so often with this offense. But with Juju Smith Schuster, he's only fifty two hundred. But then you have MBS, who's forty five hundred. I think MVS, yeah. uh, I would probably slightly lean more towards MVS than I would Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and then if I really wanted to get kind of spicy, I think this could be the week that the Chiefs unleash Sky Moore, who's only $3,500. Please, please. <laughs> There's been a little bit of grumblings uh, around here about that, that they've been um, kind of what we saw last week, especially late this in that game. Off. They did a lot of tunnel uh, screens to him. You're going to start seeing more of that with him because of how explosive he is with the ball in his hands. And I think this could be the game that they do so. Uh, this is likely going to be a shootout here between these two teams. And like we said, if you want to get different, you're going to have to get different if you're going to play this game, uh, if you're stacking this up. And I think going with like a Sky Moore, I think uh, uh, could be a way to do so, especially off because on the other side, if Isaiah McKenzie doesn't play this week, then... Uh, he's, uh, he's already cleared concussion protocol. He's going to play. Okay, so if he so that's good because... You know, it was looking like if it would have been clear Shakur, he would have carried a lot of ownership because of what his price would have been. Um, so I did not see the Isaiah McKenzie news. But regardless, do you, you are, have interest in McKenzie? Because I do. I think it's a it's a good way to be different in that game because nobody's going to play. Yes, that that would be a way I'd want to go. Uh, I yeah. was expecting that he wasn't okay. going to. Uh, I didn't know if he was going to play. I was kind of operating <laughs> off that. So if he's going to play, yes, because uh, Khalil Shakur is still going to mix in. Uh, he's going to get more of the Jameson Crowder type role in that offense where he's going to mix in into the slot, you know, in relief of Isaiah McKenzie here and there. So um, I, one thing to note, though, with this game is Trent McDuffie is expect, could return this week. He, he is okay. the Chiefs' first-round pick. He has I not played since week that. one. He played really, really well in um, in preseason. He also actually played really, really well in that in that week one game. But he is, a, he is a possible return this week. There's been a lot of talk about him being back this week. Uh because he is, he is eligible to come off the IR and everything else. And so McDuffie could be a big uh, help for this offense uh, moving forward as well, or this offense, this defense. But as terms of the Chiefs wide receivers, throw a fucking dart because they, they are just so all over the place. But like I said, I think MBS would be a, a, a spot that I would look to go with. And then the other one, if you want to get really off the board, Sky Moore would be the way I'd want to go. I like the MBS call, and I like the Sky Moore call a lot. Um, when I looked at MBS's metrics, he's done really good versus zone. Buffalo runs zone at one of the highest rates in the NFL. I think it's like, it's something crazy. It's like 72, 73%. MBS's numbers this year have been good versus zone. Um, like Juju's haven't. 
uh, his yards per route run and such. Um, one other guy, and and this is going to be getting weird uh, with uh, your Aaron Rodgers stacks. And and honestly, and Kev, I'm telling you right now, pinch your damn nose, dude. But where you beat the Jets <clears throat> is in the slot. If you look at his yards per route run, if you look at his PFF receiving grades, hell, if you just look at last week's box score, I'm going to have some Randall Cobb, dude. Um, he's at 4,400. And I, I'm now, I know, no, I know no, he's it's, old. It's interesting because I actually went and uh, pulled up his number because it's Randall Cobb. His so number, dude, his numbers. He's 12th in yards per route run this year. He's like, what is he, 5th in uh, PFF receiving grades? Something stupid like that? Like, his numbers are really good, and it's his his uh, route rate uh, jumped up a ton last week. Um, I I just dude like Christian Watson is not going to play, and and the the one player that was that was stealing the slot routes from Randall Cobb was Christian Watson. Like you're looking at at, at uh, Randall Cobb, and let me let me pull this up because I, I want to tell the people exactly how this is shaking out because. Dear God, if I'm going to tell you to play a 32-year-old, dusty-ass Randall Cobb, he has not been dusty, man. Like He's, he's also he's, he's also fifth in yards after the catch per reception, too. So, yes. on a per-catch uh, basis. Yes. Yeah. Dude, it's insane. Like, you look at these numbers and we were to say, okay, if would I play a wide receiver that was fourth in PFF receiving grade, was sixth, and this is this – is, uh, for all t- uh, wide receivers with 10 or more targets, this is where Cobb ranks. He's fourth in PFF receiving grade. He is sixth in yak per reception. He is 15th in yards per route run. If I were to tell you there's a $4,400 wide receiver on DK that's going to run against the best matchup on the field because Michael Carter has been bad, uh, but DJ Reed and Sauce on the outside have been playing extremely well, I'm going to play Randall Cobb and it's, it's the name says hell no. All of his numbers say he should smash. And it scares me, Kev. (laughs) It should. It's Randall Cobb and he's, you know, 47 years old, but uh, you know, the numbers don't lie. And he just saw 13 targets last week, 13, 13. And he almost went for the century mark and we know how Rodgers does, man. And the other thing I was bringing about Christian Watson, he he was stealing the routes for him. I mean, he he's probably not going to play. He re-injured his hamstring in last week, man. So if Cobb is going to get like an 80% route per dropback rate, uh, if Lazard doesn't get there on the outside, dude, I mean, maybe it's time to get weird with some Aaron Rodgers stacks. Like play Rodgers, play Aaron Jones, play Cobb, and move on. Yeah, I mean... That entire stack is maybe gonna say like carry what 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 the cumulative uh, roster percentage of Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones to Randall Cobb is gonna carry what Kev five percent six percent total if that yeah something like that like you want to talk about how you play chalky as hell players and then um, get different uh yeah that 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 might be it man. <laughs> well, and if you're wanting to pay down at wide receiver, I think the two other options that you could go to that are actually cheaper than Randall Cobb. One is Alec Pierce. Uh, we've started to see him yep, become more like and that. more involved in this offense. 
he brings a component to the game as well that you know can uh, take tops off defense and you know run the run the deep routes. Ashton Doolin's on IR, so there's kind of limited in terms of just their overall pass catchers. Jonathan Taylor is back, like we mentioned. I think that is just an overall plus for the offense. But over the last two weeks, I mean, we've seen Alec Pierce have 15 total targets over the last two games, yep. and he started to really kind of become one of the favorites for Matt Ryan. He's only forty three hundred dollars against Jacksonville, so I really like that matchup. And then in the same game. We t- I kind of mentioned him earlier, Zay Jones. Uh, he has yep. seen eight or more targets in three of the four games that he's played this year. He's seeing a lot of targets. Um, he has cashed in. He had that one game mm-hmm. where he had 10 catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that was week three against the Chargers. So, again, in that same game, like if you want to get you know a little bit different, I think Zay Jones also makes uh, you know quite a bit of sense at $4,200 you know, in, in that game as well. So, I think if you're wanting to pay down a wide receiver – I think both of those guys are kind of uh, sneaky options this week. I I love, I absolutely freaking love your Alec Pierce call. I love that call because he's somebody that I was writing the slate up and stuff really stuck out to me because I don't think that people understand. One, you're absolutely right. Doolin helped. And I think his, so his route run rate, um, he was above, I think it was like 56% in week one. And then he dipped down. They started doing all kinds of dumb shit. They were like, working in Ashton Doolin, they were working in Mike Strawn, and that didn't happen last week. He was up at 75% uh, routes per drop back last week. I think he could jump up to 90% this week. You have an easy mini stack correlation with Christian Kirker. If you want to go with Zay Jones and save the quiche, I think that's definitely viable. And I don't think that people understand, we were talking about efficiency metrics that stand out, Kev. Um, If I were to tell you, that there's a wide receiver that's sub 5K that right now is out of all wide receivers with 10 or more targets. He is currently, where is that man at? He is 26th in yards per route run right behind Cortland Sutton, CeeDee Lamb, and Devontae Adams. That is where Alec Pierce is. So a guy that's gone over 80 receiving yards in back-to-back games. He is an athletic freak. Um, he's shown you efficiency. His role is growing. Um, yeah, I want to get ahead of the buck, man. And I I was curious if he was going to be popular. It looks like Alec Pierce is not going to be super popular. Like he's got a little bit, like he's five to 10%. So that's, I mean, that's, that's fine, man. And honestly, that probably dropped some because Rondell Moore is right next to him in price. So Rondell, I think if you're looking for the for the pivot points off of Rondell, like if Rondell gets a little bit more steam, I think your pivot points down there in that price range on DK are Randall Cobb and Alec Pierce, man. Yeah, I like the I, I, I like both of them. I think those are oh, well, Randall Cobb was not one I was expecting, but uh, you I know, man, I know. I, I I had to bring him up because I I knew. I, one, I had to bring him up just because of the hilarity because I knew as soon as you looked at his numbers, you're gonna be like, shit, I'm playing Randall Cobb. <laughs> yeah i did not see i did not see those numbers coming uh I, nope. I, I can't lie i have not really dug into randall cobb uh yeah that's randall either. cobb so but no now you bring that up now you look at it now it is a little bit of a short sample size because it is only five games but uh still. still uh you know the that's kind of what he's been so far so yeah um i i don't i don't mind that either so um in terms of the wide receivers, this, uh, we've been trying to do this a little bit more, kind of uh, narrow down our pool. Give me your top five wide receivers that you're looking to play this week. Okay. Um, Jamar Chase is one. Mike Evans, two. Tyler Lockett's three. 
Uh, I'm gonna get weird, but I I, I freaking love the dude. Jacoby Myers is making it into my top five, man. I just I I don't give a shit. He's gonna end up there. Um, and I'll probably go. What is that four? Um, number five is either gonna be Gabe or Steph Diggs, and I think that considering where things are shaking out, I'm probably gonna end up with Gabe and a crap ton of lineups. Where do you sit? Yeah, I mean, not including the the, the you know the the heavy hitters uh, right. At the yeah, top. Not, trying to get off of like Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and I mean, it's and, I'm not helping know. anybody by saying I love no, Justin Jefferson no. this week or Cooper Cup. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Same. but I, I am a little bit of whole, little low hanging fruit, but I do love uh, Hollywood Brown at at 7200. Yeah, uh, that's a damn good call. Love him. Love DK Metcalf. If, like I said, if T. Higgins misses this week, I know I didn't talk about it, but if he misses this game, he was not a practice today, wasn't there at all. So if he's out this game, Tyler Boyd is somebody that I'm definitely going to have a lot of interest in. Yep. He is only $5,100. So uh, him and then Alec Pierce and then, of course, Jacoby Myers is going to be on my list for sure. So, you know, kind of the a little bit in the middle, a little bit up top. That's kind of what I'm looking at right now in terms of the wide receivers position this week. Again, I totally agree with you on like the Christian Kirk. He makes a ton of sense of $5,800. I do like that play, but – if I'm paying down a little bit, Jacoby Myers is going to be where it's at, and then Tyler Boyd, because I don't think DJ or at this point, I don't know, I really don't think T Higgins is going to play. So Tyler no, he's Boyd could be in line for you know eight or nine targets here in this game. Did you uh, did you think we were going to get to week six, Kev, and we were going to talk about wanting to play Jacoby Myers, Randall Cobb, and um, you know Christian Kirk was a big favorite. I mean, I mean this is why uh, this we got is here. why you love it, you know. <laughs> All right, so that kind of let's jump over to the tight end so we kind of get this thing wrapped up here a little bit uh, before we make our lineup. And uh, this week we actually get some decent tight end options. I think last week the best we had was George Kittle at fifty two hundred, and then a lot of just uh, whatever. This week we get Travis Kelsey, who is seventy eight hundred dollars. You're gonna have to really want it to play him. Probably a part of stacks. Then you have Mark Andrews, who's seven k. George Kittle, who again I just would. Just there's going to be a week that he goes absolutely nuclear, and this very well could be it against Atlanta. I think it could be it, man. But he is fifty one hundred dollars. He's going to have no ownership because he's done nothing this year. Zach Ertz is forty nine hundred. Tyler Higby's forty six hundred. Kyle Pitts is forty two hundred dollars. David Njoku, I really don't understand why he doesn't get a little bit more hyped up and priced up, but he has it. He's still only four K, and then you know, that, that that wraps up the four K and above tight ends. So where are we going this week? Or where are you going this week at tight end? I mean, you're preaching to the choir, man. Um, I don't stand, understand what David and Joe, like David and Joku, like for the type of usage that a lot of these tight ends get at this point that like we used to always kind of clown like double tight end, but dude, like tell me how many, now everybody wants to be like, ah, oh, I want to play the 4k and 3k wide receivers. Woo! Like the median target projections for the three and 4k wide receivers for a lot of those guys, not not like the the guys we love in the mid and highs, but like when you get down in the nitty gritty of like the mid threes, the lo- like four K like flat. Tell me what four K what like what four K wide receiver has a median target pro- projection of like seven to eight targets, like David and Joku. Like that is what makes double tight end viable to me. When you see guys like Tyler Higby, Tyler Higby, I don't think people understand this, and I tweeted this out earlier today. Tyler Higby is tied with Mark Andrews for the most freaking targets amongst all tight ends. And he's 4,600. You know, like, I understand he popped up on the injury report, but that is a shit ton of volume, dude. A shit ton of volume for 4,600. 
So a little bit of interest there because the Panthers have been uh, bad versus the tight end. Um, the, the big guys up at the top, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, of course, are in play. The two guys that really, 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 really freaking stick out to me are Zach Ertz because Seattle is terrible versus tight ends. They're, they're 32nd in DVOA against the position. I'm going to have a ton of Zach Ertz as a one-off. Um, the other guys that I really like a lot um, that are super cheap. Um, Evan Ingram, uh, is in play. He has not been great, but he's running a crap ton of routes and the Colts are terrible versus tight ends. And the one guy I want to get up in here, Kev, is Irv Smith. I don't think a lot of people are going to play Irv Smith. Now, Kirk Cousins, uh, we know where the ball is going to go, man. It's going to go to Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's not doing a ton. He looks like he's cooked. Like his yards per route run are sub 1.5. Irv Smith is in a really, really good spot. The Miami Dolphins have struggled versus tight ends. They're bottom in DVOA. I think they're bottom five. If you look at the rest of their metrics, they're near the top in like all kinds of different spots versus the tight end position. Um, I love Irv Smith for the volume that he maybe sees. If he gets into the end zone twice, he's sub 4K. Um, I'll, I'll, I don't know how, because a lot of how I go with my tight ends, I take the, the Matty D route. Like I'll correlate him with my quarterbacks. Or if I'm not correlating with my quarterbacks, the way that I usually go with tight ends, if it's not correlating with my quarterback and just tacking it on, uh, a lot of times it'll I'll, I'll play them in mini stacks, like run, you know, a running back. Uh, like say if I'm going to play Mondre, then I'll have Injoku coming back. Things like that. That's how I mini stack with these tight ends. I don't know how I'm going to work that with Irv um, because, of, again, we're talking about Tyreek Hill's banged up, Jalen Waddle's banged up, they got a rookie uh, well, no, you know what? I, 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 I'm in that Kev. I'm in that. And this is going to sit here and drop some, uh, ownership on your lineups. Then you would go with what Raheem Mostert and Irv. I think that's a pretty damn good mini stack, man. What are your thoughts on that before I uh, lay out one more guy for us? Yeah. I mean, to me, when it comes to the tight end position, I think every week, whether you're either going to, you know, eat the the cost and you're going to pay up for Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Both of those guys have slate breaking upside to me this week though. Like I, I'm, I'm playing either one of them at more than likely in terms of, because it really constricts what your lineup is going to be. If you're going to pay up a tight end, like it really forces yeah. you into a certain kind of build sure does. to where like, if I'm looking at these tight ends, like who can, who can re- realistically give me something similar to what that, you know, what those guys can at a much, uh, much, much more of a reduced cost. Obviously, George Kittle can, right? $5,100. Love him. Uh, but Hig- Higby and Ertz can. The hard thing about, about Kittle is he's just not seeing any opportunity. Some of that is game script. But, I mean, he yeah. did see six targets last week, which is the most he's seen all year so far. But we know he can go for eight, 120, and two. Like, that well, is wealth in the range of possibility. And Atlanta allows the fourth most uh, DK points yep. to the position. I get it. Uh, so there's a lot there. The only thing that would worry you is if they get out to a lead, they're just going to run the hell out of the football. They're not going to open it up. And with Kittle too, like I I played a lot of Kittle last week because Carolina Panthers are bad versus tight ends. I think they're like 26 in DVOA. I played a lot of Kittle and the frustrating as shit thing for Kittle is you talked about the volume he got last week. Like he got like five, four or five catches on On the first first two drives. And then they just said, screw it. We're gone. We're going away from it. This is working super well. And we're not going to do it anymore. I was like, yes, baby. George Kittle smash. 
He's like, 2%, let's go. And then after the first two drives, you were like, I hate you, Shanahan. Damn you, man. Like, crap. Yeah. But, I mean, speaking of Irv Smith, I do think he is uh, 13th, 13th in routes run on the year. He's getting about a 14% target share in this mm-hmm. offense. You know, um, he's 10th in red zone targets as well. So that is something we definitely uh, want to see from our tight end. So, yeah, I, I think I think he definitely makes some sense here as an option this week, and especially at at cost of, of where he's at, you know, um, at $3,200. That is significantly too cheap. He should be a guy that's probably around $3,800, $3,900. So you're getting a discount on him uh, at, at cost. Like the only other tight end, like below him, that would even remotely make sense. Like I think Mike Kosicki could be interesting. Oh, I like the call. Yes, you know, yes. Um, really at, like at his call. cost at thirty one hundred dollars, and then the other one that I think is really really thin, but we're starting to see him be utilized more in the as a pass catcher, and a lot of it's going to depend on what the rest of their wide receivers are. It is Dan Bellinger. Oh. I didn't think you were going there. I got another weird name. Give me the Bellinger take. I need to hear the Bellinger take. Well, like I said, he started. We're still we're starting to see an uptick in targets for him, and mm-hmm. an, or up and an uptick in routes run over the last couple of weeks. And I, like in in this game against Baltimore, they're likely going to have to be throwing the ball a little bit more in this game. And like I said, these don't have anybody else to to, to run out there. Like I don't know if Canarius Tony or Wondell Robinson are going to play this week. If both of them were to miss again. Kenny Galladay is completely washed. Like, they have to throw the ball to somebody outside of Saquon Barkley. Like, we saw last week Darius Slayton get eight targets last week in that yeah. game. But I, I'm know, not playing Darius Slayton. I, don't, I want no part of Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey right now. Yeah, I mean, we and we saw Taylor, but they got a little creative with them. I think he rushed for a touchdown last week as the way he mm-hmm. got in. But um, I just think that he could be a guy that maybe kind of is a little bit of a sneaky play at cost. He's $3,200, and again – you know, maybe it would make a little bit more sense to go with somebody because, uh, you know, Irv Smith of where he's being priced at, they're at the same cost. But Daniel mm-hmm. Bellinger, I think as somebody, especially for Daniel Jones, with no other pass catchers there, could get like six, seven targets next week. And that really wouldn't surprise me considering they're likely going to be trailing. They're likely going to have to be throwing the ball a lot more than what you'd expect. So I'm going to make, I have one other guy, and this is only if you're stacking this game or you're playing Geno Smith. Um, Will Disley or playing Noah Fant makes a ton of sense, man. Like Will Disley is at 3,100. Um, he is, he's had, I think he's gone above like 12, 10 or 12 DK points in two or three game or two or three different games. And I don't think that people realize how bad Arizona is versus tight ends, man. Like they're 30th in DVOA versus the position. They have allowed the second most DK points to the two tight ends. So if you're talking about, okay, I'm going to play a chalky Geno Smith. I'm going to play a mega chalk Tyler Lockett. Play Will Disley and don't play uh, Kenneth Walker and just say, okay, well, if Geno goes for three or four touchdowns, Lockett catches two, Disley catches two, and Disley is not going to be freaking played. Nobody is going to freaking play Will Disley or Noah Fant. Um, you can play either one of them. Uh, I, now, if, if somebody's going to you know nail me down, which one do I like more? I like Will Disley more because his peripherals look better. His yards per route run are better. His A dot's a little bit higher. His yak per reception's a little bit higher than Fant. Um, they're running about the same routes. But, I mean, shit, man. We're talking about, like, if you're not playing Irv at 3,200, Will Disley is um, a $3,100 tight end that's shown us he can go for double-digit DK points. He has a top-three matchup for tight ends. And... Oh my lord! And 
he's in one of the highest total games of the freaking week, man. Yeah, I mean, he is a little touchdown dependent, but uh, at the same time, like a part as part of a stack, like I, I think I think he's in play. I mean, I, I think you can yeah. definitely look to play him. Um, he has the 14th most red zone targets on the year. You know, you already mentioned, uh, you know, he's seventh in yards per out run on here, uh, third in yards per target. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's viable. I mean, I'm not going crazy with him, but I definitely think as part of a stack, you want to get a little bit different in your stack. Mm. That I, I think that is a you know a player you get to plug in because. For the the Seahawks, I mean, I, I mean, who else are you playing? I mean, outside of the yeah. DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, it's condensed, right? man. He's got three games this season uh, above twelve fantasy points. He's got uh, a thirteen point three, twelve point four, and thirteen point three, and each one of those games, I mean, he's only caught like he's averaging like three or four grabs for like thirty or forty yards. If he gets if he double tutties in this game, you're looking at like probably in the neighborhood of twenty DK points for three. K, like yeah i'll take that yeah i don't i don't mind it at all um if you don't have any other tight ends to talk about we could jump no, over that's to it, that's all i got okay so let's go ahead and jump over to defense we're just gonna go right down to the bottom because that's what we do we don't there's no reason for me to ever pay up for a defense ever Shit, I, I i think no. i saw something today i can't remember who it was uh maybe it was tj hernandez i, I might be wrong on that but Mm-hmm. It, regardless, I I saw today that uh, the average price of a defense in uh, the Millie Maker winning lineup was has been it's like twenty five hundred dollars is the average price yeah. of you which makes sense up. right like you just pay, pay up. up never pay up always no, pay down don't you ne- you 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 never pay up man like here here's what in a, in a nutshell for people this is what you do a defense you play the men defense or you play one of these and and people. People were like, I I got some shit in DMs uh, last week for people asking, why the hell did I play the Steelers defense going against Buffalo for leverage? If that game fails, how does it fail? Okay. If the game fails, then okay. Then the defense probably gets there. So this is all to say, I'm not going to play any defenses. This, I will not play Kev any defenses outside of the Carolina Panthers or the Buffalo Bills just because I'm going to leverage the one of the most popular games of the freaking week and both of these defenses uh the Bills are 2700 and the Panthers are 2400 they're the stone men those are the only two defenses I'll play this week period and I don't hate that um I, I think a lot of people are afraid away for our scared away afraid away a uh, scared away of games that uh, have high totals. And I play the freaking chiefs, man. They're 2,500 too. Like shit. Yeah. Well, one and, and, and if the refs would have screwed over Chris Jones, maybe he would have ran for a damn touchdown last week. In shootouts though, there's so much more of an opportunity because of how fast these teams are moving and how many points you scored to be able to get things like pick sixes and stuff like that. Right. All it takes, especially at a $2,500 price tag or 20, yeah, $2,500 price tag. One of them gets a pick six fumble recovery for a touchdown. They're paid off. We're good to go. You don't yep. need, they don't need to score 20 DK points for them to pay off, right? To open up the rest of your lineup. The way that I put my defense in is I build my lineup and then defense is the last thing that I just yeah. throw in. You just take just whatever speed. salary. Like if I got 300 uh, yes. left over, then I'll go from the Panthers to the bills. If I got a hundred left over, I'll go from the Panthers to the chiefs. If I got nothing, then I'm just going to sit on the Panthers. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I'd be the same way. So I don't think there's anything else to talk about defense. Uh, I, well, I, I'm right there. I'll, I'll push back on one other thing. Do you hear a lot of people be like, it's a donkey move to play a chalky defense? For me, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't think it's a donkey move to play a chalky defense if they're the men. Now, if you're going to pay up for a defense that's chalky, fine. Yes, that's bad. If you're playing a cheap-ass defense, I don't care if they're popular. That does not matter. I do not care. I, I don't. I care about their price. If it's a men defense, they could be 30%. I don't give a shit. It does not matter to me. Like, I don't think it's a donkey move to play a chalk defense if they're cheap at all. I'll, I'm going to push back because I have heard that on shows or people in DMs or just conversations, and I don't agree with it at all. No, uh, I don't I don't have any problem with it whatsoever, especially on defense. I just don't really. Mm. doesn't matter. Like, yeah. If the defense sucks, all you're doing is making the bet that every defense sucks. Or if somebody scores a touchdown, then it's a pricey defense. Or if it's a defense that nobody played, and so it doesn't matter. Like, defensive touchdowns that are dropped in the woods, if nobody's around to hear, it doesn't matter anyway. If nobody plays them, nobody gets the points. So, who cares? Right. No, I, I completely agree. I don't think it really should be that big of a concern, especially at no, defense. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and let's let's build this lineup for week six. Uh, we are to this point of the show. You are the guest, so start us off. Uh, we're playing Kyler Murray, baby. Starting at the top. Oh, well, that makes it super easy for me. Yes, sir. I'm going to go with Hollywood. All right, let's go. Um, let's double stack Kyler. Um, I could go Rondell here. Screw it. Let's go Ertz. Or do you want me to go Rondell and we'll leave tight end open to make it cheap if we need it? We can go Ertz. I mean, honestly, I also think Eno. I mean, since he's a pass catcher and everything Yeah, else, screw like... it. Let's go Eno. Let's do that. Let's go Eno. I'm down with that. So we got Kyler, Eno, and uh, Hollywood. Well, I'm going to go ahead and plug in DK Metcalf. Okay. Um, I How much are we looking at? Uh, let's go ahead. Go ahead um, did you already plug in the Panthers defense? How much yep, salary they are left? plugged in? That will put us at uh, five thousand four hundred twenty-five remaining with running back, wide receiver, tight end, and flex. All right, screw it. We're gonna save some. We're gonna save some quiche. I'm gonna go Randall Cobb. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jeff Wilson at running back. Okay. Um. So what 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 spots do we have left to fill? Uh, or actually, no. Let me back out of that. Let, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with tight end. You wanna? Are we gonna go game stack? We're we gonna go the Disley route, or are you gonna go something else? Let's go David and Joku. Ooh, like it. He's super cheap. Uh, what do we have left to fill here, Kev? We have six thousand six fifty. If we wanted to, we got what a running back spot and a wide receiver spot, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, man, what if we went Jacoby Myers? I, I was. That's the next name on my list. I and then that leaves eight K. Chubb. Or two hundred off to be able to get Chubb, but two hundred off. What we could do if you really just want to go, well, I guess we don't need, need that much. We need three hundred. Uh, so I was gonna say we could drop down a title locket, but we don't really need that much savings between the two. Unless you wanted to drop out of Cobb and go to, yeah, we could drop out of Cobb. Let me see something. Let's let's drop we're out of still, Cobb. We're still two hundred off. Um, 
Because Cobb oh, is. Oh, I know what we can do. Cobb. If you want to play Chubb, you want to go Chubb. Yeah. What does that Let's leave go Chubb. We'll keep Myers in, and we'll just drop down at well, and with tight end. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. What do we got for? How Actually, much I, I like your I like your Irv Smith call. Let's go Irv Smith, and then if you okay. want, we Colin. can we can either leave Alec Pierce or we could go back to Randall Cobb if you wanted to or. We're up to 5K, so we could actually go anywhere from 5K down on wide receiver. Um, I'm looking in that range. George Pickens. Yeah, fuck it, man. Let's go. Let's go Pickens. Yeah, nobody's gonna play Pickens. I like it. All Maybe right, Pickett, Pickens are going are going or using the full 5K to go McKenzie. I'll leave it up to you. Oh, well, let's go with McKenzie. I think actually, yeah. Leverage spot, out, leverage spot out of that. Yeah. High total game. I like it. All right. So this is what we're going with here. We're going with Kyler Murray, Eno Benjamin, Nick Chubb, Hollywood, DK Metcalf, Jacoby Myers, Irv Smith, Isaiah McKenzie, and Panthers D. No money's left over. That's the lineup for week six. Love I it. really like that lineup. I think that lineup. I, I like, like it, this. dude, because we got, we got access and exposure to two of the highest total games. Um, you got McKenzie as a leverage point in that game. We got Seattle and Arizona stacked up. We got our uh, our our Chubb and Jacoby Myers in. I like it, man. I like this lineup a lot. Yes, and just so uh, I, I guess the only contingency here would be if um, if James Conner were to play in this game, which I'm not expecting. Actually, I think he's been ruled out, hadn't he already? Uh. Here. I, I think I saw that somewhere today. He missed, he missed uh, practice today. Um, I don't know if they've officially ruled him out. I think they were. There was something that okay. Uh, per Aaron Wilson, James Conner expected to miss the game with a rib injury. Now they're proceeding with other guys. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he plays. They. They they've they have brought in too many camp bodies. They've signed too many dudes and stuff like that. I don't see a way where James Conner plays. Just this is Kingsbury doing Kingsbury things where he just like he'll take it up to lock or something like that. Okay, so with, with that, so we don't even have to worry about it. So yeah, so let's go ahead. We're gonna lock in this lineup for this week. Um, yes, sir. D bro, appreciate you joining us as always. You can find him oh, over yeah, at man. Fantasy Pros. He does a lot of excellent work over there. Uh, this primer that is uh, a must read every single week uh, puts a ton of uh, heart. And blood, sweat, and tears into that baby. <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I, I'm happy that you are able to be back. Wish uh, Maddie was here, but he is under the weather. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. And uh, hopefully, we can get the three of us back together again uh, for a show. Yes, sir. I mean, provided I got health and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't plan on not coming back next week, my friend. So we get the the gang back and uh, have the 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 tricycle ready to sit here and dominate, dude. I'm with it. Yeah, so anyways, with that being said, be sure to hit that like, subscribe button if you're listening to this on YouTube. If not, you can jump into our free Discord. You can find it uh, in, in the description of every every piece of content that we have. It's absolutely free. Kev can call you an idiot in Discord for free. Like, yeah. how could you pass that up? Like, I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I mean, people, people only wish to be able to have that. Um, so anyways, I appreciate everybody checking out the show. Uh, we will catch We will be back here again for week seven. Uh, let's win some money this week. Have a good have a good rest of the weekend. Think Bye. you could tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got, inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy.
big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.